Real Exam English, Episode 8, The Environment. Hello and welcome to Real Exam English. My name is Trevor and today we're talking about the environment. This is a topic that is really rich in vocabulary. You've got some classic vocabulary like global warming, climate change, greenhouse gases, deforestation. There's loads and loads of big impressive words that you can use. So it's essential that you get yourself a good list of vocabulary you can use. It's also a subject that comes up very frequently in exams. And I reckon every single English book has a chapter on the environment. So it's pretty easy and really important to have lots of practice speaking, writing and reading about it. And in today's episode, we have some inversions which is something you're expected to know at C1 level and above, and something you should really try to get into more or less all of your writings. Okay, uh, today we have speakers from the UK, the United States, and Ireland. So you have a nice variety of accents to practice listening to, and try to listen two times if you can, as it will be a lot easier the second time around. And as usual, you can request the transcripts over on the Real Exam English pages on Facebook or Instagram. Do you think it would be a good idea to reward people for the amount of rubbish they recycle? I grew up in a different place and where I grew up, you, you could get, uh, like you would pay a deposit on certain items. Like, I guess it would be included in the price when you pay for it. And when you recycle it, you would get the refund. Yeah, so like for, you know, aluminum cans, uh, glass bottles, things like that, you would get the money back for it. I mean, when I was in college, I would, pick up all the recycling from our, our, you know, our apartment because my roommates were lazy. And, um, you know, with all the money I made from that, I buy myself beer. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yes, that would be, I mean, yeah, I think that would be good if you can get rewarded. Um, that would be nice. We have a couple of phrasal verbs here. The first one is to grow up. And this is used for talking about things that happened while you were a child. For example, I grew up in the countryside in Ireland and we had pick up, which means to lift something from a surface. So for instance, please pick up your pens and begin writing. And you may have noticed that this speaker is from the United States. He said aluminum cans, which is pronounced aluminium cans in the UK, which is quite different really. And in most English tests, examiners don't mind if you use American English or British English, but you should be consistent. You shouldn't change between the two of them. So are young people in your country taught to save energy or protect their local environment? I don't know whether they are taught um, in any specific sense. I suppose they are. I would say that um, young people in general in this country or in any country, and at least in the Western world, are aware of these things. So I guess they must have been taught at some time. Um, however, I wouldn't say that they are specifically taught those types of things. I think there's maybe a more holistic approach to it. Uh, I wouldn't really know uh, what goes on in schools or with, from the point of view of parenting, but I would suppose that um, there is some teaching involved in school whether they i suppose at, a, at the lower levels at the um, primary school level if you were asked to give a talk to young children what subject would you choose 
On the environment? Uh, just in general. Oof. Um, well, seeing as we were talking about the environment there, and if I was to talk about anything to do with the environment, probably on um, something to do with um, conservation of habitat, extinction of species. I think this is um, oh, it's personally important to me, and I think it's something that is uh, of great importance in the world today. So probably something along those lines. I know, I know you're a man who enjoys nature documentaries. Uh, have you seen a television program about the natural world lately? Uh, lately, no. I've got one. <laughs> I recorded one on the iPlayer to watch, which is Primates. Um, it's a BBC documentary, three-part series, and it's um, just having a look at primates. I understand that it's a wonderful documentary from the point of view of photography. Um, the techniques that they use to capture some of the images are tremendous, but I think it's a little bit lightweight from the point of view of uh, narrative, from what I understand. But that's the only one. Since I've been here, I haven't actually watched any nature documentary, but that's one that I have earmarked for the future. We had some super environmental vocabulary here, like conservation, habitat, and the extinction of species. And we also heard a couple of different ways to say how good something is. We had wonderful and we had tremendous. And as mentioned in previous episodes, it's absolutely essential to have a variety of ways to say how good or how bad something is. And just one more expression to point out here, and that is to have something earmarked for the future. And this basically means that you plan to use something at a later point in the future. So in the example, the speaker has a TV series earmarked to watch later. Or, for example, a company could earmark some of its annual budget to spend on buying new computers. Remember, you can get the transcripts for this and every episode on the Real Exam English pages on Facebook or Instagram. And you can also find lots of great grammar exercises there, as well as really useful tips on how to prepare for your exam. And if you want information on classes to prepare for your exam, then you can find that there also. So the next speaker is from London and speaks with what is known as RP or received pronunciation and is the English accent you would hear on the BBC. And interestingly, it is said that only 2% of the British population speak with RP, but it's a nice clear accent, so hopefully you can understand everything. That said, the audio isn't great, so if you can't understand everything, then request the transcript over on Facebook or Instagram. And the answer is quite long, but it's so packed full of such wonderful vocabulary and expressions. I think it's worth listening to it all. Okay, here we go. What impact can individuals have concerning environmental issues? I think that individuals can have um, a number of different impacts uh, with regards to the environment. It, it really depends on how active people are. But I think um, you know, there are a number of changes that we can all make in terms of what we buy, what we what we do in terms of how far we travel, the kind of traveling that we do, you know, whether we use uh, hybrid cars, you know, electric cars, whether we use 
um, bicycles or, you know, whether we get on an airplane regularly or not. You can also have an impact on the environment if you choose to carbon offset. It's, it, you know, it depends. And I think within the home, um, there's a lot we can do in terms of not just recycling, but also, you know, uh, swapping out normal light bulbs for LED light bulbs, because obviously um, that uses far less energy. Um, so not only are you reducing your electricity bills, but you're also helping the environment by using less energy. Um, similarly, there are things we can do in cold countries like um, cavity uh, loft insulation or you know, wall insulation um, to stop heat escaping in, in, in colder climates. Um, we can be more ethical in terms of what we choose to buy. We can look at the, the, the life cycle of a product. So, for example, from extraction to disposal of it at the end of its life. Um, you can look and see well how many air miles is this this you know this this piece of tech that I've decided to buy how many air miles how how much carbon has been used to make it um, uh, is there an environmentally cheaper version that's just as good as this one can I buy that um, so I think there's, there's there's a whole host of things people can do wow what an amazing answer the speaker got lots of vocabulary in there particularly about the environment so what did we hear we heard hybrid cars, electric cars, carbon offsetting, recycling, loft insulation, air miles, a whole host of things. And we also had an inversion in there, which was not only are you reducing your electricity bills, but you're also helping the environment. So inversions are used for emphasis and are a fancier or more formal way to express something. So in an inversion, the standard subject verb order is reversed or inverted. So for instance, in a standard sentence, you would say, I can play the guitar and the piano. And inverting the sentence, you would say, not only can I play the guitar, but also the piano. So we inverted the subject I, and the modal verb can. And if you're preparing for a C1 or a C2 exam, then you really need to know how to do this. So make sure to check it out in your textbook or grammar book. And at a B2 level, it's not really expected, but if you are able to use it in an exam, you will impress the examiners for sure. Some people say that it won't be possible to reverse any environmental damage done so far. What's your view? I can see how how that might be plausible. Um, I, I don't know whether it will be. I think uh, for the people possibly, well, for myself, I would think that I would be very environmentally aware, eco-conscious. I try and recycle properly. Um, but I think the large majority of people in the world you know, in developing countries, in um, a lot of a lot of the Western nations as well, uh, don't have an awareness, and there is a consumerism-driven need to uh, use up all our resources. That and people don't necessarily. Um, equate the resources they use with damaging the environment they just do it mindlessly so i wouldn't be optimistic that we can reverse the changes charities raise a lot of money for the environment how helpful do you think this fundraising is depends what they use it for i think 
lobbying is an important tool on governments. Um, using that money to do smaller scale, um, localized work, I think possibly doesn't help that much. Uh, I think most of what we need to do with changing the environment is governmental and uh, lobbying and speaking with our feet are, are the only things we can do. Some really great environmental vocabulary there, particularly the compound adjectives. So we heard environmentally aware, eco-conscious, consumerism driven and smaller scale. And if you can get some compound adjectives or compound na- compound nouns into your answer, then that will score well with the examiners. Uh, so compound adjectives and compound nouns are, are where you get two words and you stick them together to form a new word. Also, we heard uh, a really good phrasal verb uh, to use up all our resources. And that means to use the resources until they are completely gone. An example would be something like, oh no, I've used up all of the ink in the printer. I must go to the shop and get some more. And lastly, we heard another great piece of vocabulary, which was mindlessly. And if you do something mindlessly, it means that you do it without thinking or any consideration. So some really nice vocabulary overall in in that answer. Uh, Lots to keep an examiner happy. That's all the questions for today. Remember to do plenty of practice writing and speaking about the environment because it's a very common subject. So make sure you have eight or 10 or even 12 nice pieces of vocabulary that you can use. And it's also a good idea to keep up to date with environmental issues by following them in the news and also practice using compound nouns and compound adjectives. And if you're at a C1 level or above, then make sure to study your inversions. All right, then that's about it for today. I would be really grateful if you could like and subscribe to the podcast and make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram for any updates and new use of English exercises. Okay. All the best, Trevor. Mm